Welcome to the Worship Leader Probs podcast with your hosts, Jeremy and Mr. Probs. Look, worship leading can be one of the most rewarding areas of church ministry. But it can also feel like... I'm a worship leader. And I'm a production guy. And these are our problems. Welcome to episode number 17 of the Worship Leader Probs podcast. Yes. 17, my man. 17. It's so cool. You ever see that movie, 17 again? I don't think so. With the dude from Friends and then he turns into Zac Efron? I don't, I, I don't think so. 17 again? Yeah, I've never seen it. Okay. But my wife's seen it and she says it's funny. <laughs> What's the gift for 17 years of marriage? Do you know? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm only at 13 and a half, so. You um, don't have to worry about it for a while. No, and I never know anyways. Though my sister-in-law and my wife, that's how they get their gifts back and forth. And I'm like, ugh. Like one year we got spoons because it was metal. It's furniture. 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 I think you should buy me a chair. What kind of a chair? Um, You know, one of those really cool, like sleek with the, with the, with the metal and the leather, like, yeah. Yeah, but those are, okay, here's the thing. Those chairs look cool, but there's no way they're comfortable. You think so? What if it came so with I'm like a, guy, a massage accessory? Well, maybe then. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm not a form over function kind of a oh, guy. That's true. Me neither. I'm not either. You know, just because it looks good. Like if it's not comfortable, I'm a bum. Yeah. I'm not sitting in it. So what's the point in buying it? So I've got a chair in my family room. You sat in it when you were here. I did. Very it's, comfortable. You know what the brand is? What is it? Barca Lounger. Oh, for real? That just screams like 1960s to me. Oh, 100%. Barca Lounger. Even though it's a fantastic chair. Oh, it was super comfortable. And we came up with a lot of good ideas while I was sitting in that chair. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> okay. So the funniest thing ever you post a meme on the Worship Leader Probs uh, Instagram Friday night. And it was Splash Mountain from Disney. And I think you were reposting an epic Christian memes. Uh, one. Yes, yes, yes. And, it, and it's like all these people having fun and this one person with their arms crossed yes. and just looking very stern. Literally, my wife, she's sitting in the booth with me and we're, we've got this big marriage date night event. So it's two comedians and Johnny Diaz. And uh, so we're sitting there. I had just mixed the first set. No, I hadn't even mixed the first set yet. We were still doing the prize giveaways before the event started. Lori shows me this meme and we both laugh, right? Yeah. Literally, I look up and there's a person standing at the booth and they say, if you're going to run the microphones that loud all night, I'm leaving. Oh, no. And I was like, <laughs> I looked at my wife and she looked at me and one of my volunteers was up there and I go, is that louder than normal? And they go, No. So like, and so that, then I think she posted it and they're like, literally, Jeremy, you put that meme up and I literally, that person that's not having a good time came straight up to the booth and I got accosted. <laughs> oh man. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> People are great. We did get well, a comment on that meme and says, I, I literally know her. I know the angry splash mountain lady. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I'm Dude, I'm lie. sorry. I'm, people people do that to you. You need to like wall off your booth or something. Barbed I'm, wire, maybe. I'm a little salty today. It has been, I don't know when to share my stories, but it's been a little salty today. And so like one of the things that was intriguing when we were first talking about starting this podcast yeah. was how cool would it be to have a conversation between a worship leader and the production guy? Mm. And you get to hear from both perspectives well, one of the things I don't think we've gotten into very much is the relationship between the production guy and the worst leader. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so yeah. that relationship at my church got a little tested today. Whoa. <laughs> and it wasn't bad. Like yeah. there was a bunch of other things that happened. And so like the morning started off with um, our worship leader going, uh, I don't have anything in my ears. And so at first I'm like asking him, hey, because like sometimes with avioms, um, if one person will go, well, I'm not hearing myself. And I'll ask, does everybody else have that person? Because it's all yeah, coming from yeah. like the same network. I'll just say, unplug your cat five and plug it back in. And yeah. typically that'll fix it. 
So I go up on stage to see what's going on with our worship leaders deal. And his, uh, his in-ears, his wireless unit just won't power on and it's all plugged in. Well, last night or on Friday night, when Johnny Diaz pulled ours out to put his in, he must've broke the power cable. And it's an older wireless unit and I don't have a backup. And I was like, um, I don't know what to do. We don't have ears. And so he's the only one that's wireless. We have all of our other singers are tethered, but like, we're not super charismatic. So people aren't moving around. So it's not a big deal. <laughs> but for him, the thought of being tethered down, he's like, I can't do it. I can't sure. do it. So now I got to go find a monitor and remember how to patch it all back into the system. Oh, so we get him up and running. So like all a floor that, monitor. You mean like a, like a floor monitor? Oh, yeah. My. So everyone else is on ears. We got the tracks rolling and he's just going to wing it with a monitor because he didn't want to be tethered down because I will say in his benefit, um, he was doing communion today. Yeah. And so like, and he hasn't done a communion in a long time. So he was like, I just, the thought of, well, I need to be able to, sure. yeah, yeah, I need to be, I need to be able to walk onto the steps and you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. that's all good. We get everything up and running. He was very happy with how all of that went. Well, then the rest of the morning happens and it's a hot mess of things. And so, uh, after the first service, I went to my office and like I said, it's an older inner unit. So the best I could do was to find something used online. And so I finally got it and I, I was so excited. I bought something, but it won't be here uh, until a week from Monday. So we've got mm. one more weekend where he'll have to use a floor monitor. Yeah. So again, we've, I'm feeling real good about that. I'm just glad I found him something. So, and, and then we have this morning. And again, what happened in the morning was nothing between the worship pastor and I. So I text him on my way home. He was just asking me, hey, are you getting lunch anywhere? Do you want to hang out? And I was like, sorry, I got to go home. I'm recording an episode of the podcast. Hey, and I just go, by the way, I was able to find a, a cable for you. And it's ordered. Unfortunately, the quickest I can get it here is a week from Monday. And so after the morning I was having, like just I was hoping for a, wow, a thank you yeah. so much for doing that. Extra mile, buddy. Yeah. The text I get back is, that's the best you can do. Can you get it somewhere else faster? And so I write back and I, and so this is what not, to, what not to do. Okay. My production friends, my text back is if I could, don't you think I would have? Yes. Yes. And so he writes me back and he goes, dude, I just meant, what if you went with another company? <laughs> and so you put I him went, on the straight talk express, man. So I went, bro. Um, that is a discontinued unit by quite a few years and they're not making that power supply for it anymore. Anyway, anywhere can find, I go, I was lucky. I found it on eBay used um, and they don't do expedited shipping. Yeah. Oh, it, okay. Yeah. That's just, that's not ideal. <laughs> I was like, I know. And then he yeah, goes, <laughs> dude, we're, we left ideal a long time ago. Yeah. And so, and it's the beauty of text messaging. So suddenly the next text is like, I'm sorry. I didn't think I wrote in all capital letters. I'm not yelling at you. I'm just wondering if we can do better. And I wrote back and I go, I'm just frustrated because you felt like you had to question. Like, don't I always do everything I can to set you up for success? And so he apologized. And then I wrote, look, I'm sorry. It's just, it's been one of those mornings and I'm probably taking it out on you. But it was just this funny, like going back and ended with, bro, I love you so much. Yeah, I love you too. Are you coming to prayer meeting in the morning? Like, yeah, everything was good. But like, just because of everything else that happened, we had that salty moment. But yeah, just- uh, it's, it's a marriage of, it of sorts. It really is. It is, you know? I mean, like, okay, so you probably spend more time with him than you spend with your wife. Yes. Right? And so there's lots of layers to that relationship. And um, yeah, man. Well, and then on top of that, like, legitimately even outside of work we're best friends like nice. it's been like that even since i used to work we would we'd work all week together when i was his assistant we do three well and then there, for a while there we would do four church services my wife and i we'd get home from church be kind of hanging out and also i get a text message what are you doing want to hang out <laughs> then we'd go over and spend the whole evening hanging out their house so nice. like we have a very it's probably different than a lot of churches because of how yeah. close that we are yeah. um but uh, it was just, it was, it was, it was definitely, it was funny. I will say I've not, I have never had that with a production guy. It's special. That, that kind of I closeness. Think, I mean, That's really awesome. When we adopt a child, our child's first name, we're taking from the last name from the family. So we're, we want to name our child Miller. 
based off the Miller family. Like that's how close we are. Wow. And it's awesome and I love it, but there are times we fight like brothers. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Hey, it's a close, you're in the trenches together, man. There's a lot of, and and there's a, like if you're just starting out and you need to know there's, you put two leaders, two creative leaders in a small space together. Yeah. You're going to bump into each other a lot. That's right. That's and, right. uh, you know, a lot of those uh, things will be just solved with a conversation, but sometimes you're going to come up against those things where um, you got to get in a room and, and work it out, you know, and some, sometimes they're easy to work out and sometimes they're not. So um, just, just know, you know, that's a, that's a part of the process. That's a part of working in a creative field. I mean, that's man, right. at least and you just, have the ability to be, you can be honest and then yeah. everything's okay. That that's a, that yes. is rare air. Well, and I mean, it takes both sides giving a little. Yeah. It, I mean, him saying, you know what? You're right. I, you always set me up for success. You know what I mean? And then for me, dude, I'm so like realizing I'm sorry. I'm probably salty just after everything that went on today. Um, you well, know. And you had the event on. Uh, and we, yeah, we did have the Friday event Friday night. night. You had that where Johnny Dias broke your. Broke our inner ear monitors. Thing. I mean, I'd, send, I'd, I'd send OJD the bill, man. <laughs> so like, but recognize, okay, like. Should he have trusted me? Yes. Would a text that just said, thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate you jumping out so quick. Would that have been awesome? Yes. But I didn't get that. But also realizing I'm salty. You know what I'm saying? Like it goes yeah, both ways. Yeah, yeah. And then just going, I, I'm not going to let this sit too long. You know, because if I wait, we both take Mondays off. So if we're both frustrated over it and we let the rest of today go and then all day tomorrow, we'd be off. Then also we yeah, get to Tuesday. Yeah. It festers. Rather than just dealing with it, get it out in the yeah. air and get it done. Well, and I, I will be honest, like there are, there are, I'm not saying this is your situation, but like, if I was him, I could say, okay, you know, if I'm, when I'm the guy standing up there in front of all these people, it feels very different yeah. uh, than it, than it does if you're not. And you, you have, you have that experience because of the preaching and you've been yeah. way involved in music and all that stuff. But a lot of production guys have, have not had that experience. And so like if we have a piece of equipment that fails or whatever, one of the first things I'm always quick to say is, look, I, I'm sorry if I'm coming off, uh, you know, more assertive than normal, but it looks very different. Yeah. through my eyes when oh, you're yeah. standing up in front of a room full of people and they're looking at you and you're the one who has to hold it all together. It looks, it, it looks and feels very different. And yeah. so, um, you know, and I've had some experiences in my ministry that, man, I had to hold stuff together that just wasn't going to stay together. So, well, and what, yeah. what an extra layer of interesting in our situation, philosophically, like the way we designed the media position, I am a pastor. And if you look at an org chart, we're exactly on the same level. Yeah. I do not as production. I do not report to the worship pastor. I report to the executive pastor because philosophically, I believe uh, what happens when the production team reports to the worship pastor, the only thing they ever worry about is the main services. But when you're reporting to the executive pastor who has the view of the entire church, you become a resource for the entire church. So that's yeah. the route we took. And so like in those conversations of like, I like it, like for you, you have a production guy underneath you. You can go to him and like, you're kind of the boss. That's not with us. Like we literally sit at the, t the, the, at the table as equals on an org chart. So even that makes it sometimes a little more difficult yeah. because, you know, he can't boss me and I can't boss him. And, but you have the relationship to fall back on. We do. You know, I, I have had, uh, you know, experiences in the past where I was on the same level as the, uh, the production guy. And we, we didn't have, uh, that relationship to fall back on. And so there was no tiebreaker, you know, if we, you know, in, in your, in your case, the, the relationship can kind of be the tiebreaker. Okay. I, you know what, you're still, even though I don't agree with you, you're Jeremy, you're my BFF and I, right. I get why this is important to you. So I can bend a little bit here. Um, you know, I did, we, we weren't operating in my situation from that, that closeness. And so, um, it, it just got, it, it gets challenging. It man. does. It gets really, really challenging. That's right. That's why church ministry is awesome. 
Yeah, it can be, man. It'll, it will test you. It will test you to the core. And I was tested. And I don't know whether to save my morning to share about it now or to wait until our prayer concerns moment. Because it kind of fits in that, that area. So You should wait. You should wait. wait. You should save it. But you know what it'll, we should do right now? Payoff, I think. What should we do, Jer? We should recognize some MVPs. This continues to be great, man. Okay, so here we are. We're at episode... 17. S- is this episode 17? 17. Holy moly. So here we go. Our volunteer MVP is David Wilson. Uh, David was uh, nominated by Jared Hunter. And uh, he, yep, uh, David is from New Day Christian Church uh, in Southwest Florida. He's a drummer, guitarist, and a vocalist. Holy moly. Um, He's uh, been loyal to the worship ministry since he was in high school. He's now 35. Um, He has helped to build sets, rallies the team uh, through challenging times, and um, just is a great, great teammate. So, our volunteer MVP is David Wilson. Woo, woo, woo. Absolutely. DW. I love Jared, by the way, too. I know Jared personally. I love him. Do you? I do. He's a good dude. He's a real good dude. He's in Southwest Florida, man. That's yeah. Sounds pretty nice. Yeah. Pretty nice. So our staff MVP is Christina Hardy. Uh, this was submitted by Crystal Parisi. Um and uh, Christina is a worship leader and an all-around amazing person. She's on staff at Christian Life Fellowship. Uh, she has a heart for worship. Um, no matter what the season she's going through, uh, you you always see her her worshiping, and um, she's just an all-around amazing lady. So sounds like she's doing a great job uh, there at Christian Life Fellowship. So Christina and David, we salute you. So I've decided after listening to our Back to Our Podcast, I'm not going to try to match you up. I think it sounds dumb. You're not. I can't do it, it because really, of the video it latency. Ma- it makes me laugh every time because I hear you go, we salute you. Because I'm just trying to read <laughs> your lips. So and then it just never lines up. It's crazy. <laughs> hey, guys, thank you so much for all of the MVPs that you have shared with us so far. Look we can recognize someone from your church. It's so easy. All you got to do, send us an email at info at worshipleaderprobs.com. And you can, um, in that email, if you would just give us their name, what church they serve at, um, what role they serve in. And if you would be willing to tell us why you think they should be one of our, our MVPs, we would love to go through and pick out and read some of these on the air. And uh, you can also go to www.worshipleaderprobs.com and click on the MVP tab, and you can go ahead and just submit your MVPs from there. So, Woo-hoo. Uncle Jared did it. That's two weeks in a row, buddy. I know. But do you notice I have to close my eyes? If I don't That's close my eyes, I can't do it. And I'm like doing that awkward thing where I'm trying not to have any expression on my <laughs> face because I don't want to make you laugh. So <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, let's jump into another portion of the podcast that we like to call prayer concerns. You know, this continues just to be a, a wealth of of richness, a wealth of insight into the life of a church staff member. Yeah. So I've got a couple few here today, so I'll just jump in. This person writes, last night, a lady asked our worship director to turn off the haze because it was bothering her corn allergy. <laughs> <laughs> quote, quote, corn is pretty much in everything. She said, it makes my tongue swell up. <laughs> I didn't a corn allergy, huh? Yeah, I I guess that's a thing, you know. Uh, Corn allergy. I'm gonna have to look to see if there's a ingredient within either mineral based or or oil based or water based haze that would be made from corn. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. I bet she can't go to the movie theater. Right, that'd be a bummer for yeah. her. That'd be a bummer for her. Yep. Um, okay, number two. <laughs> okay, I just cor- I was, corn algae. It's just 
Corn allergy. Okay. Corn allergy. Here we go. That's a new hashtag for this. Yeah. Okay. Number two, I was preaching in a service and afterwards the man who comes to my church only once a month came to me and said, man, service was great, but it could be better without your sermon. <laughs> Oh, come on, fam. <laughs> come on, fam. Okay, number three. We had a band that did a show at our church on a Saturday night. A precious senior saint in our church looked at me after the concert and said, quote, that piano player was good. I bet you wish you were that good. You know, you could really do something with your life. <laughs> <laughs> Is it that one about your tones aren't pleasing? Remember that one? <laughs> right. You can't insult a man's no, tones. No, my man. tones. <laughs> okay, here's here's the last one. And I, I lied to you last week, but this week, this legit is the okay. last one. So, and I was told by an elderly music professor in my congregation that I don't have to put ketchup on everything. <laughs> After we played My Jesus, I Love Thee with a rockin' interlude in between verses. <laughs> you ain't got to put ketchup on everything, man. <laughs> I'm totally going to use Oh, that. heck yeah. Is that put, is, is putting ketchup on everything the same as putting the business on it? I probably, that's, I, although I like the business better, but I will, they'll be interchangeable. I'll use ketchup oh also. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this morning, Yes, now we're getting in, man. I feel like this is coffee talk. Yeah. Remember the old SNL? Yep. So, starts off with the in-ears the in not working and having to throw out a monitor. We haven't used monitors in forever. And then even right. when we did use monitors, I wasn't the guy the original set everything up. So, I'm like, oh, gosh, I got to remember how to even route all of this stuff in the console to make it work. And we had unplugged it. Like, all, so, yeah. Luckily, I got it all working the first try. So, that was that was awesome. But still, you're already like, oh, my gosh, what is happening right now? And there was all kinds of issues with the Lyric computer for our stream. So I had to go in and reconfigure a bunch of crap. And then there was something wrong in the broadcast room. And it was like, okay. Like, I'm starting to get a little frustrated. Like, your little meme of the Lego guy throwing the laptop. Like, that's how I was feeling. So we we get everything up and running and everything's starting to hum along. My, My volunteers are killing it. Like our audio guy is just, he's doing awesome. It's just everything's good at this point. So my wife is doing announcements this weekend. It's her first time doing them live. And so I'm sitting in the booth. And so we just, we get through the first three songs and we, we jump into communion. Well, all of a sudden I look up and our um, chairman of the elder board is standing at the booth and like, he's an intimidating guy. He's like, late fifties, early sixties with a giant mustache. And he's like six, five. And he looks like an offensive lineman and he's got the look on his face. And so I think you guys may have remembered an episode a while back that I said that I was going to be introducing moving lights into our services. Mm, Yep. Well, apparently people did not like the position cues that we had and the elder, you have got to fix those lights right now. And I was like, well, okay, but if I do, like, I, I could, I could try to move them real slow, but we were almost through and the people were about to start. And I was like, well, if I can wait till people start moving to come forward to get the elements, maybe I can fix the position cues without it being. And so he walks away gruffly. I stand up and all of a sudden now there's a person that you've got to fix those lights or I'm leaving. And I was like, oh gosh, I am so sorry. So then I'm walking to the console. My phone buzzes. There's a congregant. Hey, everyone's putting sunglasses on right now. You've got to fix those lights. And then I start looking back through my text with him. The last four text messages I've had from him are complaints of something he doesn't like in our services. Oh, man. And so so now I'm like, okay. You change your number. So now I'm like, (laughs) okay. So I'm over there and I started by kind of pulling the intensity down. Then I was going to move the position cues of these lights on the floor. And so our worship pastor is doing the announce, uh, doing communion and he finishes. And all of a sudden I hear him saying to the mic, I can't do anything about that. So a person coming through the line, just as the click has already started, the, the multi tracks have already started. 
And now there, this person walks up on the steps and goes, you've got to fix those lights. Everybody's blind. And so, oh, yes. no. Okay. Oh, no. So all this is happening while I'm starting to. And then next thing you know, somebody walks up on stage and grabs the electric player and they were about to move the lights. You're, you're kidding. No, like he literally pulls the electric guitar player, makes him take his, his electric off and tell his in-ears off and was going to move the lights. Literally went up on stage and pulling people and about to do something about it. So at this point, I've now fixed it. And the funniest part is we've used these position cues for the last six weeks and nobody said a word. Okay, like it was. That's rough. That's rough. So, na- oh, so no. now our port worship. I don't know. And, and again, remember, he's not on in ears, so he's trying to, and he's the one leading out on the song "Remembrance" that we're doing for communion. He knows the click is started because somebody gave him a clue, a, a, a cue to it, and he's trying to feel his way in. And now he's trying to feel somebody from the crowd telling him to fix the lights, and then he starts singing and looks over to watch a congregate come up on stage. And is about to move the lights and grab the electric guitar player. Mm. Okay. Mm, mm, mm. So we get through all of so that. And I go back to the, so I go many. back to the, to the, to the, um, to the green room. And I'm like, oh, guys, I am so sorry. And so we kind of talk through and poor, poor Randy. Like, he's just like, he's off his game at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like the keyboard yeah. player was like, she's like, I couldn't come back in. Cause I'm watching this whole thing happen. And I'm like, I don't know what to do right now. And it was just, it was a mess. And then it was like on top of that then. So like, I'm not in charge of the sermon slides. My job is just, once I get them upload in a pro presenter, there was all kinds of errors in them. So now oh, we get through service. Is. Now service ends. Hey, that's the wrong scripture reference. Hey, that's the, and so now my phone is just literally blowing up with all these things that are wrong and everybody thinks it's my fault. And so I had to go in and, and what do you have like 15 minutes to try to go exactly. fix it or something? So I've already trying to make sure all my lighting cues are, are fixed. So that way nothing. And that dude, so I'm just like, by the end I did, it, there was just not one positive thing that I heard like throughout the day, everybody's complaining about something. And I was just like, Oh, I am so glad tomorrow's my day off. Hmm. Hey, can I tell you something? Yeah. The beard is looking lit. Dude, today. thanks. I got a beard trim. Extra manly. There's your there's your positive that thing is, for today. My, so the barber I went to on Friday was begging me to go up to Orlando yesterday and join and get into a beard contest. He goes, You would place. Because wow. they have they, they have different divisions. Did. So he was like, You could probably be in like the four inch division. He goes, You you would place top three, no questions asked. Because his dad wow. does competitive beard contests. <laughs> That's a it, thing. Apparently, there are beard contests. Dude, that's amazing to me. I, I, The things that occur to people, I don't like that. I'm going to get out of my seat and walk on the stage and change yep. it. I don't like it. So that obviously yeah, means everyone else do doesn't that. like it. Yeah. Don't do that. Look, we're not. We're not perfect, man, but that can't be your, your, like if you're at the movies, you know, if you weren't going to go to the manager, Hey, the sound's not right or whatever. That's one yeah. thing, but you wouldn't go up into the projection room <laughs> and start fiddling with the projector. You know, like we've said this before, like I'm not going to walk into your place of business and start changing things to what I think they need. I would, I would be escorted out. Yeah. But yet in no, the church, do it, you, you just got to kind of sit back. And so finally, the guy that's been texting me, I went up to him after service, gave him a big hug. And I said, hey, can I share something with you? And he goes, yeah. I go, do you realize the last four text messages you've sent me have all been complaints about something you don't like? And he, he goes, no way. No. And, and he goes, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I go, here's the deal. If there's like a legitimate like the hazers on fire, text me. If you don't like the fact there's smoke on stage, I really don't care about your preference. Especially during the service. Yes. Right during the service. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if there's something you don't like, like, I can tell you this right now. I'm not mixing to my preference. I'm I'm not allowed to have my preference. So 
I'm not going to fulfill yours. I have to fulfill what we've decided as church leadership. And so it was, it was a frustrating day. My wife gets done after announcements in the second service and she comes to give me, give me her mic. She's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm, I'm just ready to go home for the day. (laughs) At least tell me that the lady made those, those uh, enchiladas today, those breakfast enchiladas. There you go. So that's a good, that's and they were extra spicy. So they were really good. But I'm extra nice. spicy now. Well, so <laughs> So I've told you I, I served with the production guy and we you know, we didn't have the closeness. And um so there was one guy uh, in our church who every week would text him his critiques of the song selection and how it sounded and all this kind of stuff. And so of course the production guy would walk straight to me and show me like sometimes while the sermon was oh, going on. I'm in the hallway. He walks up to me. Yeah, this is what he said today. And I'm like, oh man, just that's that. This isn't that. That genuinely is not my personality. Yeah. Like I would never do that. Like if I was not on staff at a church and I was I was going to a place and there was a bunch of stuff going on that I didn't like, I would just stop going. I'd go someplace yeah. else. I would not expect you to bend everything to my particular preference yeah. you know but that's 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 kind of where we live these days it is, it is it's so crazy dude the church man it's it's not easy it's not it is challenging can be challenging you know what these are worship leader props they were definitely worship leader props today <sighs> well let's jump into our last segment of the podcast um we got a good question i think that came in and facebook and so we are excited to jump into sliding into the dms all right dude so we had a a friend i have a personal friend from college who loves the podcast and and, and checks in with us and stuff so here's his question and so you've been leading worship for 25 years um let's say you were in a church and you're going through rehearsal and somebody that y'all are playing and you just keep hearing the bass should be playing f sharp but they keep playing an f and they're not hearing it how would you address that as to fix the problem yet not hurt their feelings? That's a great question. Um, I would say one-on-one if you can, if, if, you know, cause you're dealing with uh, yeah. creatives, you're dealing with a lot of them, you know, emotional type of stuff. I would, I would probably try to grin and bear it through the rehearsal. And then I'd pull them aside afterwards and just say, Hey, um, can you take a look at that? you know, section. I tried, I try not to do that in front of the yeah. whole group. Um, just because that can be, you know, a little tough to take sometimes. Um, oh. I'd probably pull them aside a- afterwards and say, Hey, <clears throat> there's that note. I think, I think you're not playing the right note. Uh, just take a look at it, you know, listen to the track, see what's going on there. Um, now I do have a, cu- a, a couple of people who are, like unofficial MDs, yeah, MDs. That's what we call music music directors. Um, so they're kind of unofficial music directors, and they also are very, uh, they're very sensitive and very good to just go quietly to the person and say, "Hey, um, I think let's all try to play this or yeah. whatever." Um, so yeah, I I'd, I'd say one on one unless okay. you yeah, can't le- avoid okay. It. So let's change it up a little bit. Let's say you're in a church. You don't have a midweek rehearsal and all you have is an hour before service. So there's no time to really pull them apart. Mm. So say, how would you do it in that situation? I wouldn't do it on my mic then. I would say, hey, give me just a second. Uh, everybody, you know, take take a minute to look at your parts or whatever. And I'd try to walk over off the mic one-on-one and just say, hey, um, you might you might consider it like an interpretive kind of thing that you're doing in that one spot. I think it's actually, uh, when you look at the whole fabric of what's going on, it just doesn't sound correct. And so let's do this. Let's play this. We're going to all play it together. You know what I mean? I'd make it like a yay team sort of a conversation. That's how probably how I would. That's so nice. The worship pastor that I grew up with, like, so I played trumpet back when orchestra was the big deal. And uh, like I, he, he would just come on, man. What are you doing? And like, 
<laughs> There's three flats, dude. Why do you keep playing that E? Like, it, like I, I can't tell yeah. you how many people I watched him make cry. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I I try not to do that. I did. I have made people cry before. Believe me, I have. I have made those. I have. Uh, yeah. I've I've done not a great job at that at uh, certain times. But I've I really try to. Um, you know, because again, if you're in a church, um, you've got to stand and lead these people in yeah. worship. And if you are in a situation where your musicians rotate, like I don't have the same band every week. Like if I'm ripping into my drummer one week and then the next week he's sitting out in yeah. the seats, I got to lead him in worship. And so, yeah, I, we try to, I, we try to cultivate a pretty open That's environment, awesome. um, yeah, I mean it's not perfect. I, I know I I would I would if I was listening to this podcast I would say, boy, Mister Probs, his situation sounds perfect. It's not perfect. It's far from perfect. Um, but these are just some things I've learned over the years. That, if it was that work perfect, for me. perfect, you wouldn't have needed to start a meme account. Right, I would. It would have been perfect worship leader yeah. life or something. Living your best <laughs> worship life now. <laughs> By the way, okay, we I don't think okay. we've talked about this yet. Um, we took prayer requests Ooh, this let's week. Go. Man, what a moving experience that is! Thank you so much yes. for sharing your your honest requests with us. The, the, and and by the way, for all the ones that you see in the comments, there were, gosh, I don't even know how many DMs yep. that came in. Um, maybe you know stuff that people don't want to share in a public forum or whatever. But um, thank you for trusting us. We don't take that lightly, not for a second. And uh, so thank you, and we will continue to That's pray. That's right. For that this was fun. This is one that I got to be intimately involved in with the prayer requests, and uh, just humbling. Like there was like a three or four request um, little thread going on that was happening, and it was like Hungary, Sweden, Austria, Germany, like in a row, like countries all over the place, and so just humbling yeah. to see the reach of everything. And then for you guys to trust us. And like I said, guys, we, we legitimately, every time I commented on one of those, man, I prayed some of you that sent direct messages. Absolutely. I, I actually sent audio of me praying. And I don't say that like a holier and thou thing. I just, I need you guys to know we care deeply for each and every one of you. Absolutely. So, well, with that being said, my man, Let's jump into part two with our interview with Michael Neal. Question. So like in all your years traveling and just being a part of all the cool things God's had for you, like, has there become one thing you can't live without? One thing I can't live without with regard to what you mean? something. Yeah. Like for, for Aaron shoes is a pair of Ugg slippers. That he travel that he travels with <laughs> for Paul Balash, it was a it was his pillow, um, right? You know, for Jeremy, it would be like a beard, my beard, beard stuff. cream or oil <laughs> or something. Wow, one thing I can't live without. I'm I'm actually pretty uh, pretty low maintenance when it comes to that kind of stuff, so I don't have like a. I don't really have, I do. I'll tell you what I do have that I carry with me everywhere. And that is my noise canceling headphones. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sure. makes sense I'm now. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Total sense. So those, those definitely go with me everywhere. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, okay, here's, this is the last question. Now, if we could get every worship leader, every singer, player, every production person, every volunteer, this would be a massive room. Uh, we could get them all in one place. Mm. And we gave you a microphone and let you address them. What, what is one thing or what are a couple things that you would want to say to them about you know, our role in you know, serving the church? Well, it's another, another biggie. Um, I would say that, um, you are not what you do. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And I would probably speak to a couple of things. If I were, uh, the other side of it is, is, is depending on the age group that I'm talking to. Um, 
but I think the one of the big things that I, I've been on the journey and settling in my heart all of my ministry life is, you know, significance. Where do I find my significance? Mm. Oh, wow. And I, and I think the, um, the message that I, I you know, there, I, t- I tell a story, I've told this story before, but it, it really is a marker that I keep going back to and cut me off if I'm going too long here, but. Oh, you got plenty of time, my man. Okay. Um, I, it was several years ago that I was lined up to, to sign a pretty major uh, record label, international record thing and record deal. And I was, you know, worked on it for months, attorneys, the whole thing. And, and anytime you're, you know, we all have these things in our lives where we start to kind of prop up and put, put in front of us. And we kind of go, if I just achieve that, then, then, then we'll be good. You know, if, if, if I get to that point or that level, or if I have that, in my bank account, or if I get that song on that record, or if I, whatever it is, we all have those things and they end up being potentially idols. We fashion them, uh, out of our, out of skewed and distorted longings of our heart really. And, Mm. and so for me, I didn't realize it, but you know, I had just, when you come up with the gifting in the arts, uh, a lot of times, um, like for me, I was put in vocal competitions and piano competitions and all that's good. And it helps you learn your craft and go after things. But if not put in the proper perspective, you start to bring the the idea of competition and comparison into your calling. And that is, um, absolutely destruction for, for those of us that are serving at the pleasure of the King. And Mm. I think when, when you, you know, competition is rooted in comparison. How am I doing to the, per, you know, next to the person to the left or to the right? And we all battle that. We all kind of go, well, gosh, I'm not as good, or I feel better about myself because I'm better than that person. And we look to the left or to the right. And so that can be very dangerous when, obviously, when, when it moves off the sports field and into the area of our calling. And, and so when I, you know, was in this space of making recordings and, and pursuing that career. Um, I, I remember being at this conference I was teaching at on the West coast and there was about 1500 worship leaders there. And it was at this conference that I was going to be signing the deal that this, you know, this big contract that we had worked on for so long. And I, it was kind of one of those moments, like I was like, yeah, this is okay. This is what we've been working for, you know? And this has been many years back and we got to the signing table. What I thought was, you know, was happening at breakfast with these executives and uh, with some people from my camp and we get there and nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. So we finished our meal. We're all small talking, doing all that. And I said, well, I'm ready to sign guys. Let's, you know, I'm really excited about where we're headed. Da, 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 da. And they're like, Oh yeah, I just want to let you know that we're kind of heading a different direction. Now we've had some changes in this and that we love what you do, man. Good luck with everything, but we're not going to do it. Oh, wow. And I, you know, I was just, I mean, I'd worked and worked and worked and, you know, gotten to this point and I was, you know, it really uh, took me back and tore me up. And the next night we were in the session, the concert session that night. And I was, I had already taught during the day and I was there and my wife Leah was with me and, we were just in the crowd worshiping and uh, Tommy Walker was leading uh, at the time. And Tommy's, you know, been a friend and mentor for years and he, he's up there singing and, and, and I'm just, I'm just in a really bad place. Like I'm in a really angry, destructive place. Um, and so I'm evaluating everything. I'm looking around the room and everybody's just hands out just really, you know, you know, bringing their offering to the Lord. And I'm looking at Tommy and I'm going, yeah, I would never do that song. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tearing, tearing the songs apart. I'm just, I just, I'm just in a bad space. And he, uh, you know, he keeps leading, but there was this moment where it felt like God took his palms and put them on my cheeks. Kind of like what I would do with my little, my youngest son to get his attention. And, and the room kind of grew quiet and he's, you know, and I just started to get this, this sense of like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm disgusted with what's going on inside of me now. And I can't, I can't figure it out. I can't sort through it. 
And I'm so angry and I'm so disappointed and I'm so, what am I even doing? And, um, and the Lord began to just give me, you know, I don't get visions or anything like that, but it was like in my mind, I just got this overwhelming sense of God's presence and the room kind of went quiet. And I remember kind of going, God, I just, I just need a breakthrough. I feel terrible about myself. I hate the way I'm, this whole trajectory that I'm on just feels wrong. And so Tommy gets up to the mic and he says, Hey guys, I want to teach you this new song. It's called breakthrough. Um, and, and I had just literally said, look, I needed a breakthrough and I'm like, Whoa. So I, I pay attention. Right. And wow. I it was like the Lord wrote a couple things on my heart in those moments. And these are the two things I, I, I got this sense, like, what would it be like to be in the Royal room, like heaven's Royal room and to really, that I, I started to get this sense of awe and privilege that I had been summoned by the King of Kings to bring a song. Like I had went into the courts to bring a song. And so I got this overwhelming sense of you, you know, like wrecked. I'm like undone Isaiah style. And, you know, yeah. in, in Isaiah six and, and he wrote these two things. I mean, I didn't hear his audible voice. I just, I just, these were the two things that he wrote on my heart. Um, and the first one was you write your songs for me. Isn't that enough? Wow. And so, in that moment, of course, I start, you know, bawling like a baby. <laughs> and, and then the second thing he, he said was, I love your songs. Mm-hmm. And so in, in that moment, and I went out that night and I was just like, I was just undone. And my wife's like, what is wrong with you? Are you coming apart at the seams here? Like, are you okay? And I just said, I'm never going to write my songs for man's approval ever again. Yeah. I'm never going to misplace where I find my significance and my identity ever again. Mm. And, and oh, God wow. revealed to me that I'd fashioned an idol out of this success. And he just graciously gave me this moment and tore it all down. And so oh, wow. I would say, I would tell that story to the people that you called into the room. And then I would say, we all, you may not be a songwriter, but we are writing a song with our offering to the king. Mm. Mm. And you've been summoned by the king to bring your offering to him. And there is no one else in the world who have ever been or ever will be that can bring your offering for you. Uh, you get to bring your offering to the king and he loves the song that you're writing. So just keep writing it and, and, and know that he is pleased and loves you and, and is uh, wildly affectionate towards you and says, uh, I love your songs. And I, I think that's probably what I'd say. Dude, that is, that's just so powerful because yeah, not, not everybody's got a chance to maybe sign big record deals and things like that, but here's the deal. Disappointment is disappointment. Mm. There was a, uh, I think it was on Instagram or Twitter. The unappreciated pastor put up this thing and it said, most pastors think they're going to change the world. And then they get in trouble for changing the bulletin. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so like ministry can be so, so many times can be filled with that disappointment Mm. of when maybe you're just getting out of school and it's your first job and you go in, you're trying to get everything. And it's just, you're getting stopped at every turn and you can get disappointed. But I love the reminder of who you're doing it for and remembering mm-hmm. that he's worthy of it. You, you keep moving. You keep doing what you got to do. The people, it, it's going to be rough. There's going to be disappointment. But we serve a God who's worth it and a God who's worthy um, and, and just to keep pressing forward. And so, dude, I, I just love that story, man. Mm. Well, absolutely. I mean, I, I keep rehearsing it and, you know, so many times we get in our venue and we, we begin to over identify with the venue and we under identify with our calling and we, we over identify with, with man's perception or we over identify with applause or recognition or, you know, our own self entitlements and we under identify with our calling and we are set free by just 
moving in that I've been, I've been summoned by the King, you know, I've been, I'm yeah. in King's courts to bring this offering, man, that's a free, very free place to be. And, uh, it, it, it not only encourages you to bring your best, but also recognize you recognize you don't have to worry about, uh, the result, you know, the, the, how wide or how big your influence is or anything like that, that God takes care of all those things. Mm. And I think too, it's, it's a little bit, it's like, um, realizing the motivation for why you're doing all the different things. So like about two years ago, uh, I hurt my back pretty bad. Um, and went about a year and a half and just life stopped. And so at the beginning of 2018, I had some back procedures. And so when I came off the second procedure, I just said to myself, no matter what, I'm going to work as hard as I can at physical therapy. I'm going to walk every day. I'm going to get weight off. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to do all these things. And so, you know, I've done well at a good portion of things. I'm still working with some weight stuff, but here I am. Um, you know, it was May of last year. I had my last procedure sitting here in February of 2019. I'm still in back pain. Mm -hmm. Life's better and all this kind of stuff. And so the other night, um, I got home late from the church and it was like nine o'clock at night and I knew I needed to walk. And so I'm out there walking and I was just frustrated with the Lord. I'm like, why aren't you healing me? I'm doing all these things to show you like the honor that, that I, I feel like if I do these things, you're going to heal me. And God just hit me with, I haven't healed you yet, but does that mean I'm not good? And so I realized, I began to realize my motivation for doing all those things were if I can do all these things, right. God's just going to heal me. But the reality is it may not have been God's will for that. And so God was saying, are you doing it just so you can get my blessing or are you doing it just because I'm worthy of the worship and I'm worthy of you taking care of the temple that, that I gave you. Mm. And so it's been a, it's been a huge perspective shift for me. And just even taking that from just my back to like in the church when I'm doing stuff. And if people don't like the way I've EQ'd the kick drum, like I'm just remembering who I'm doing it for and because he's worthy and for mm. doing it. You know what I mean? Not, not for the, any other reason. Yep. Absolutely. That's powerful. Oh, wow. 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 Well, Michael, we, we get, um, a fair amount of questions. I think Jeremy mentioned earlier, just our, our audience, uh, is a little on the younger side and some of them are dealing with some things that you've already touched on, which are, were powerful about how do you sense that, that calling, like, is God calling me or not? Like we get a lot of uh, a lot of young songwriters. So if you were gonna, uh, you know, speak for a second to somebody who is uh, kind of wrestling with that songwriting gift, how what would you what would you say to those folks? Oh man, I would say just go after it um, a thousand percent. <clears throat> I, I think that um, you know there's there's an interesting thing, and I, I do a lot of mentoring with you know, I've done a lot of songwriting retreats and those kinds of things. I love kind of helping the church raise up a song. So it's mm -hmm. not just about trying to, you know, put a song on a record, but I think, you know, churches, we have to reclaim um, the song that God wants, you know, us singing right in our context. It doesn't have to be a national release or an international release. Like I, I believe that church, churches need to raise up a song where they are, but I, mm -hmm. the, 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 what gets us into the game, you know, of, of creating is our, our taste. You know, we, 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 we listen to great bands. We listen to great songs. We're moved by them and we want to start creating our own art. <clears throat> but when we start, when we're young, we start creating things. We can't really um, close the gap between what we can actually do and what we envision. <laughs> and so there's, so there's this gap there in songwriting and we can get discouraged. My, my, my thing to, to say to songwriters is, you know, the only thing that closes the gap between what you envision and what you can actually do is a ginormous volume of work. Um, it's just a lot of repetition. It's a lot of writing. It's a lot of evaluating. It's opening yourself up to, um, trusted people in your life to respond to what you're creating um, and understand that, that um, for every song of mine that uh, a national or international artist has heard, there are hundreds that have never been heard. And yeah. 
Mm. I think the, the idea when you get into it is that you're, you know, I'm going to write these 10 songs and these are going to, you know, going to go. And when actuality, it's like, it's okay when you write 10 or 50 or a hundred and they only serve a purpose maybe locally or, or for your personal devotion or for uh, a different context, but don't expect that you are able to close that gap in, in a year, mm. you know, it, it, that gap between what you envision, what is great and what you can actually execute. And so the only way to close that gap is work. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. What a great reminder to those, you know, you, you might write a hundred or 200 songs before somebody notices one or, or, or something, you know, I always used to hear Bill Gaither say, you know, something sticks to the wall. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. That's a powerful, that's a powerful word for those folks who are out there uh, writing songs. Well, and here's the other thing too. The, the, the other thing is, is that the invitation to create is from God. God put that DNA inside of you and he's a creator. And so he has the image. He has the image, our image. We've been created in his image. And so we have that, we carry that, that DNA, if you will. And I think the invitation to create from the Lord is an invitation to intimacy with him. It's not just about creating a product that is saleable or that people will like. I think it's really more about creating intimacy with the father. So I look at it a lot of times, like, you know, I have three kids, my youngest son, when he was little, we would color, right. And he would get his crayons out and his pipe cleaners and his, you know, we would make crafts and different things like that. When he would color on the paper, when he was really little, uh, I would sit there with him and he'd say, daddy, color with me, color with me. And so I would put my hand over his hand and we would color the paper together. And yeah. it, to me, that picture became something totally different when I helped him. And so there's this, this thing that's happening with father and son in that moment. And to me, that's what, for songwriters, that's a beautiful picture of like, God's inviting you to, to write songs and you have that desire. That's an invitation to intimacy with God. That's, that's wow. great. That's great. Wow. Incredible. Well, dude, Thank you so much for coming on and joining us, Michael. Oh, man. It's my honor. You guys are rocking it out there. I love, love what you're doing and the content and the encouragement. And and uh, I laugh most every day on something that I see flow uh, out of you guys. Uh, <laughs> social. So, so uh, I, on behalf of the church at large, uh, I just say thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thanks for following. Thanks for engaging. And, and as Jeremy said, thanks so much for coming on. You know, you're, you're one of those guys that we all look to um, who's serving the local church and, you know, not just your local church, but beyond the church beyond. And um, you're one of those guys that we all look to um, as just a real uh, an example of faithfulness and um, somebody who, uh, like you've done today, you kind of call us back to um, call us back to neutral. You know, a, a great reminding word as to why we're doing this and who we're doing it for. So, thank you, thank you so much yeah. for that. Absolutely, it's my honor to be with you guys, dude. Michael Neal is a boss. He is. And I, I gotta tell you, I I wanna I wanna go yeah. to Dallas and I wanna just spend the day with him. I want to spend the day with him watching his his team, you know, work together, maybe, you know, maybe chew some crunchy 100%. chips in his ears and see. <laughs> but that's cool that he that was, was very awesome. vulnerable with that. Um, but like, you know, like we said, like to be at Christ fellowship at one point in your career, that's Super a huge cool. deal to be at Prestonwood at a point in a different Super career. Cool. That's a huge deal to have been at both of those churches in the same Yowzers. career. That is, that speaks to just God's hand being on you and anointing you in a very unique way. And so, man, we're really fortunate to have him. He's a, he's a practitioner just like that's a right. lot of us are. And, um, thankful that he took the time well hey guys thank you so much for checking out episode 17 if you haven't already could you go to your favorite podcast platform where you like to listen to your podcast will you give us a rating five stars only and would you um share this with your friends would you review it um a, we really like reading all the reviews, but B, it helps with the algorithms that help get uh, when people search worship that we could pop up earlier in that. And so getting more people to be able to hear. It. And guys, this last week, we went over 20,000 plays of the podcast. 
20,000 plays. Like it's really hard to wrap your mind around it. So we are just. And that's in like 50 countries or something. It stopped counting the the statistics we use stop at 50. So there's probably more at this point. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You want us to, to recognize your MVPs. Uh, you want to send us your prayer concerns. It's info at worshipleaderprobs.com and look us up at www.worshipleaderprobs.com. And until next time, see ya. Deuces.